0: you're not special. We've all gone through something. And the ones of us who look at it and use it as a gift and use that as fuel to propel us forward are the ones who succeed and thrive and take responsibility. Is it your fault that your parents did ABC? No. But it is your responsibility now as a grown woman to heal it, And look at it and be like, I will no longer let that define who I am.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vibrant Club podcast. Again, we have a wonderful, exciting guest here with us today. We have Claude Racine. She's from... Vegas, which is super cool because we're really, really far apart from each other. I'm here in Finland and she's all the way over there. And yet we are here in this beautiful Zoom room together (laughs) having this conversation. I'm really excited to have her here. And she's a women's health expert and certified functional nutritionist. And she has this cool new hormone reset course launching in March, just in case you wanted to know that. And You know, keep your eyes open. Um, And she does coaching or has coaching services, both one-on-one and group around mindset, nutrition, fitness, and life. And her Instagram is at Blood. So cool to have you here. How
0: are you feeling? I am feeling awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. I really
1: love how you talk about the importance and necessity of us women honoring our bodies. So where does that come from? What sparked that passion that you have for this whole topic of, you know, glowing up and embracing our femaleness?
0: (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because my whole life I kind of um, I kind of did not resonate with my femaleness. I felt like I had very much like a masculine energy. And I, I kind of fought against femininity in a way. I really wanted to be like one of the guys, girls and play hockey and do guy things. And once I became a mom, so at the age of 38, I became a mom. Um, we tried for a year to have my son and finally, uh, he was conceived and, Once he was born, I had incredibly horrible postpartum depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. And I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. Now, all this is like at 38 years old after living a very like free life. I was a professional backup dancer for 18 years. Um, I had a fit body my whole life. I was healthy. Um, I didn't do any drugs or anything. So getting diagnosed with this disease was like, oh, what? I'm sorry, what? So after that, I just started a journey. I refused to accept that this was happening to me. And I just began a journey of searching for answers to heal. And that's how I ended up here. Mm.
1: Wow. There's a lot that goes into that. I'm really curious to hear about this journey of healing. Healing in general is a big topic and big theme on this podcast. I have my own journey that I went through healing from chronic pain for that was on for years. And I've I'm a professional musician. So that sort of complicated things when I was playing saxophone and then could not anymore. And then, well, now I'm a singer and a songwriter as well. So that was a huge part of my healing journey was to start using my own voice and and it's super cool but not the topic of today but I'm really curious to hear about your healing journey from Hashimoto's and what were all the things that you know went went into this journey and how did you start with realizing that okay I'm dealing with postpartum depression
0: what now? Um, it took a while for me to admit it to myself that this was happening Uh, and you don't really know when you're in it because you're almost in denial. Like there's no way this is happening to me. I'm not Mm -hmm. depressed. Um, but once things got really bad, it was like, okay, I have to say this out loud now. And I looked at my husband who was picking a fight with me and I said, I can't fight with you. I can't. I can't manage my own emotions much, much less yours. And I don't feel bad for you that you're having to deal with me. At least you're not wanting to like blow your brains out 24 seven. And when he heard that, he was like, oh, okay, this is serious. Um, And from that moment on, it was him helping me take walks every day, him allowing me to go through my emotions. Cause you kind of have these like, rage fits i mean you're just constantly worried about life and you know it's hard to explain what you're going through but he allowed me to go through that Mm -hmm. and him allowing me to go through that and then also um supporting me in like hey let's go work out hey let's go take walks that began my way out of postpartum depression
1: right right so it was the fact that there was support Mm-hmm. And then there were these small steps forward so that you're not stagnant and just, you know,
0: you know, wallowing in that muck. Yeah. 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 And I always say it's like when you're a lot of people will say in order to change your body, you have to change your mind. But when you're in that state of mind, it's really not possible to change your mind. Um, There are hormonal things happening in the body causing these, emotional, like, um, so I like to tell my postpartum moms, it's, you have to just one step in front of the other action in the body, physical action. And then eventually your mind will catch up. But if you completely give up, lay down, don't do anything. Don't take walks. Don't work out when you're cleared by your doctor, your mind is never going to get better. You have to get there through movement.
1: Mm, mm, so important.
0: Yeah. What
1: other other things were, in your opinion, vital in this period of healing from postpartum depression? So I think I, I know I have some moms and new moms, even in my audience, and some of them feel like it's it's, you know, hard to talk about these things because you, you don't know how to word some of the things that you're experiencing. Yeah and, and with that it's hard to move forward because it's just so in a way confusing what you're going through.
0: Yes, because media and social media, you know, they paint it to be this beautiful experience that you're just going to fall in love with your baby and fall in love with becoming a mom and when that doesn't not look like that for you it's very strange to accept that and then you moms are shamed um you know we feel bad that we're not connecting or we're not this beautiful rainbow mom that's like oh my god i love i'm so in love and love every minute of this so i think it's important to first of all not make yourself wrong don't don't be ashamed it is common it does happen there's nothing i mean it's hard to say there's nothing wrong with you cuz yes there is something like wrong with us but tell somebody right really like communicate don't hold on and try to get through this on your own that's like the most dangerous thing we can do
1: Mm. where should we go look for help if let's say well ideally there is a spouse there is a partner yeah to hold us and to have that masculine structure and support which is beautiful, but sometimes it might not be the case. So where
0: do we go? That's, that's rough. I mean, if there's a friend, I remember I had one friend, um, her name's Chris, who I could tell these things to, who would come over and like, hold my baby, bring me food, bring me water. If you have a friend, you know, a lot of us worry, what are people going to think? It doesn't matter. Just tell them um, a friend, maybe your mom. And if it's not your mom, uh, maybe an aunt, somebody that's close to you. And then if not, then come to me. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. So what was it like then before all this, before the postpartum depression, what was it like being pregnant?
0: Oh, I loved being pregnant. I had the best pregnancy. I mean, you know, our hormones uh, go up to 300% when you're pregnant. Mm. So progesterone, which is like the feel-good hormone, it's the hormone that like, you know, it, it your hair is like shiny, your skin is glowing. Not all women experience it this way. But I had, I I loved it. People are so nice to you. They're, you know, they want to help you. They think you're so cute. Um, (laughs) I loved it. I would be pregnant all over again. Oh my goodness. You make it sound so lovely. (laughs) It was. It was lovely. Like I was dancing because my husband and I do these TikTok videos. I've seen Um, one of those. They're so cool. People just go ahead and like, look, look at
1: one of those dance videos. They're so cool when you're pregnant and you're just all coordinated and
0: everything. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So I was feeling good. You know, I was, which made what happened afterwards even worse because the pregnancy was so great.
1: Mm. Yeah, the contrast was then huge. Yeah, of like,
0: right. I remember seeing moms with their newborns, like in their baby carriers, yeah, and thinking in my head, oh, I can't wait to like hold my baby in the the baby carrier I have, yeah. And I never got to actually. I did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just mentally couldn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's okay. Like I. I think it's so important that you've also experienced that you've come to the point where you have to accept that, okay, well, this has been my experience with this and I'm going to, you know, get through this and it's going to get better. And there has to be that, you know, decision coming from within that I am going to take one step forward every single day, even if it feels like nothing at least in my experience when when you're depressed I had this like everything is gray I don't feel anything so there's no motivation to do anything um but there is always hope and that's probably I I, I do assume that that's what we're both saying here so well and two, you have this
0: responsibility of the baby yeah so If you are out there going through that, like I commend every single woman who is going through postpartum depression and anxiety, but still gets up and feeds her baby, still plays with her baby, like still does everything she has to do as a new mom while feeling like that. Because, you know, if you don't have somebody to take care of, it's easy to retreat and and just wallow Mm. in it. But as as a new mom, like, you can't give up. <laughs> like you see, you have no choice but to keep going, which is debilitating in itself. Like can, what? Like, can I, can I run away from this? No, you can't like that baby needs you. So I believe, I mean, moms are like the ultimate gangsters, you know? And if you're out there going through it, I have now come to terms with the fact that I needed postpartum depression to take me to the next level of my life wow that's
1: such a powerful thing to say let's go into
0: that a little bit why is that well I had lived my life a certain way for 38 years and while I loved being a dancer I always knew that I had there was something more there was something else I had to offer the world and and people, and I would never ever ever be able to sit here and help. I've I now have over two hundred client female clients that I help um, moms, and I would never be here doing what I'm doing had I not gone through postpartum depression. And as hard as it was, it was the biggest gift I could have received because without suffering that without that struggle i wouldn't be able to now connect with women who are struggling through the same thing and also had i not healed from it and come back a hundred times better i wouldn't be able to show women how to do the same yeah i don't know what i would be doing still trying to like be a choreographer or dancer which is fine but it just it was the biggest gift, adversity struggle suffering is always happening for us and that was like the only adversity I really experienced in life I mean I was bullied in school but nothing like that Mm. Mm. yeah
1: I love that I just you know that is exactly what I believe as well and for me had I not gone through years of pain and then realizing that okay i am literally rejecting something in me that is mm-hmm. causing this disalignment um i would not be having this podcast and connecting with women all over the world and that has been so enriching and i just it is so cool when we have that attitude and, and you know accept what is happening with grace so that The mess can become the message, and so that so that the you know the obstacle can become the way, it's so cool, and I just love that. And I would love to know even more like, what fires you
0: up? What lights you up like a Christmas tree? (laughs) (laughs) When I get those messages from my clients that they can sleep better that they have, they can fit into their pants that they haven't been able to wear for 20 years, that they have more energy, that they feel sexy again, that they are proud of who they are now. Mm. That, I, I mean, I get chills just thinking about it. Like nothing is better than being able to help others grow and feel like, I mean, what I, I, it, I have no words really. That's how that's what lights me up. Like I get up every morning at 5:45 a.m. and work out every single day for those women to show them I'm here with you in the dirt of it all, in the heart of it all. And they keep me going. They they give me purpose to keep getting better and better.
1: Mm. I love that. So powerful. So how do we then step into our power? If someone is like, oh, this is like touching on some nerve in me that's wanting to, you know, do something about my life. if It feels a little blah. I want to step into
0: something greater. How do we start? I believe that the gateway to all of that is... First and foremost, fitness, movement, weight training. That's the catalyst to discipline, to feeling better about yourself, to creating that momentum. But also like if you say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and you actually do it, you start to build this confidence, stepping into your power is p- putting challenging things in your life. Like you saying, okay, here's a big goal I want. I'm gonna go to the gym five days a week for the next year. And if when you follow through with that, you feel like a freaking savage. If you say, okay, Claude says take cold showers and you actually take cold showers every night for two to five minutes, you're gonna start to feel very good about yourself that you are accomplishing these things that you are keeping your promises to yourself so now you're building this confidence you're building this trust in yourself and now you can step into your power because you're aligned with who you're trying to create
1: yeah exactly in your experience with working so many working with so many women and with yourself as well what how does it look like What does it look like when a woman is being pulled back by this identity, identity of I'm still a victim to X, Y, or Z. I, you know, because of, you know, this is happening now in in my family or this, you know, this is happening in the economy or this is, you know, you know, whatever it is, yeah, or because of my past. Or, you know, I've I've never done that before. You know, we have all these stories that become our identity. So in your experience, what does that look like? And what is then needed to break through the upper ceiling that is still there because of holding on to an identity of being a victim?
0: Well, the reason why people come to me is because i'm very um assertive no bullshit and the thing with all of those stories that are holding you back they are absolute bullshit anything oh the economy is bad bullshit oh the you know my dad did this when i was younger bullshit oh but i've suffered bullshit and you have to look at it you have to make that switch of like wait 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 That's not a reason for me from this moment on to be able to propel forward and create whatever I want. And the reason I can stand here and say that is because I created multiple six-figure businesses during COVID. I reversed my Hashimoto's and lost 35 pounds at the age of 40. To me, nothing is in your way. It's only in your way because you say it's in your way. So I look at all of my clients and I say, Okay, yes, that's happening, but look at it and be like, that's bullshit and know that it doesn't have to stop you or slow you down. Only you choose that. Exactly. Uh, That
1: is the message of, you know, taking accountability and responsibility for how you show up. It's so, so important because nothing to me is more sad than seeing a woman staying stuck because of that story of I'm a victim because there is so much this, you know, trauma or whatever there there's a lot. Yes. We can look at it and acknowledge it and go into the deep healing on a somatic level, on a psychological level and emotional and spiritual level. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to your, taking responsibility of your life.
0: Yeah. Uh, your reality is your reality because you you agree with things, because you give things life. And I refuse to give anything that's holding me back any life, any significance. Yeah. It's only real because you make it real. And a lot of people don't like that I say that, but that's okay. Because your power and your ability to create anything you want despite of everything you've gone through newsflash we are all fucked like thirty thousand ways to sunday we all have trauma we've all struggled we've all suffered you're not special and people who feel special like oh but but i went through this you're not special we've all gone through something And the ones of us who look at it and use it as a gift and use that as fuel to propel us forward are the ones who succeed and thrive and take responsibility. Is it your fault that your parents did ABC? No. But it is your responsibility now as a grown woman to heal it and look at it and be like, I will no longer let that define who I am. Amen.
1: Preach it, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you talk about the necessity of us realizing that we are not tiny men as women. Talk to me
0: about that. Oh man, well I had to come to my own terms with that because my whole life I was like, whatever a guy can do, I can do.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I will work out like a dude. I'll play this sport like a dude. Like. What? Hold on. So even up until I want to say four, three, four months ago, um, uh, my new mentor Wes, he wakes up at two forty-five every morning, oh and God. I started to get this belief of like, oh, I got, I got to join like the five a.m. club. I don't know if you've heard about that. Like, yes, I have, Yeah, people who write that are men. Yes, they are. They don't take into consideration the body of a woman, we need between seven and 10 hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. because our hormones are made in our adrenals, most of them, and men is made in their balls. So they don't really need, balls don't need like rest, but adrenals do. Um, so once I realized that, I mean, it's been a journey for me to accept my femininity, but the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, wow, we are so fucking magical. And we need to honor that and respect that. We can't function like men. We can't eat like men. We can't work off of little sleep like men can. And if you think about it, it's like back in the day, right? They were made to like go hunt and get the food. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are made to create life. Yes. So we can't treat our bodies like we're men. We just cannot
1: hmm exactly that is like one of the That's, core that, messages okay
0: yes exactly yeah
1: oh my gosh yes I could also like talk about that all day every day um <laughs> because I didn't realize that f- for so many years as well I was very driven very like I had this masculine you know strive or energy or and, and I was operating in that for so many years and then because that created pain eventually I had to stop and evaluate, look at my life. And it was a slow unraveling. And for sure, there are still parts that are unraveling and I'm understanding more and more about my feminine design. But the more I do embrace that, the more fulfilling and vibrant and exciting life feels like. Because no longer is it about this Forceful push at all times and feeling like I'm never, you know, still measuring up. Or there's that part that is like, well, I can't do it like a dude. So, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. Then it's bringing us out of alignment with who we are. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, talk to me about, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, talk to me about estrogen dominance and your experience with it, because I think this is really important. I've talked about it a few times, but it's still something that I know that a lot of women don't understand or aren't aware of and in Mm -hmm. terms of like gut balance and everything. So,
0: yeah, so one of the things I find fascinating is is um how much we don't know what's going on in our bodies as far as our cycle. Like there are hormonal shifts every week of the cycle. Right. But also if there's a hormone imbalance, which so many women are suffering from irregular periods or my period is unbearable. I have horrible PMS. That's not normal. Um, And One of the biggest things is estrogen dominance. So you'll find yourself like foggy brain, very tired, um, painful sex, like also heavy periods and holding on to like excess fat. Like if you're out there being like, man, I work out, I eat fairly decent and I still can't lose weight. That's usually a sign of estrogen dominance, which I had along with my Hashimoto's, um, So it makes losing and burning fat very difficult. Uh, And one of the things that I didn't know was estrogen is actually metabolized in the liver. So where there's a hormonal imbalance, there's a root cause. Your hormones don't just go out of whack for no reason. It's usually gut imbalance, also liver function. Um, So once I cleaned up my liver, which you can literally do through nutrition, there are certain foods like microgreens that are loaded with sulforaphane, which help with liver function. I eat those every day. Um, cruciferous veggies. Now the estrogen is actually able to metabolize in the liver, and estrogen is a hormone that is used and then needs to get needs to be get got rid of the rest of it. But what happens is if your body can't get rid of the estrogen, it doesn't need. It's going to get reabsorbed into the body. And now you have estrogen dominance. And now you are dealing with all these symptoms that are horrible, horrible, horrible. So clean up your liver through cleaning up your nutrition. And while you clean up your nutrition, you're also going to help your gut. Because inflammatory foods are, you know, nobody wants to get rid of those gluten, sugar, soy but they're causing just massive crap on your gut and your liver so we need to start
1: paying attention to our gut health and liver function it's so so important yeah i want which to is- talk about uh, sorry go ahead no
0: no please joe go ahead
1: <laughs> i'm getting too excited I'm getting ahead of myself but there are so many things that i would like to talk about then that's that's why I'm sort of like, let's go to yeah, this we're... and this and this. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm cutting this out of the episode. Um, I want to talk about marriage before we go and before I yeah. let you go to have um to have your beautiful day. Um, I'm really curious, like what it, through these challenges that you faced together with your husband, like the postpartum depression, it was something that you went through together. Yes, it was something that you specifically went through and it was the hardest for you, but. You were also dealing with it together. Yeah, I want to know what were the lessons that you
0: took from that experience. Uh, from going through postpartum together,
1: from yes, from going through a challenge together that seems like it's you know it's shaking you in 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 this way and it's just not feeling good. Because sometimes it's really hard to show up as a wife, show up in a relationship. And of course, you have those days when you're you're not showing up as the best version of you when you're going through these things, obviously. But there is still this, again, going back to your personal power, your accountability, responsibility. So in terms of all
0: that. I mean, I think that when you're going through something that dark, there's not much anybody really can say to you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: nothing is logical. True. Everything is very irrational. Like there's little to no control over your thoughts and how mm-hmm. you feel. Um. And I think it's one of the most important things is for the partners out there who are dealing with this, In this moment, like if you're okay mentally and you're not feeling like you want to give life up every second, you have to put yourself aside. And what I love the most about my husband was once I communicated. So a big lesson was communicate the dark, communicate it, which is hard, hard, say it out loud. And what I love about Noah, my husband was he just allowed me to be He, the patience that it took for him to just hang on and be there for me, not take anything personally. And I think this isn't just for postpartum. I think this is if you're dealing with anyone who's hurting. To his ability to put himself aside and like, let me yell at him. Let me cry. Let me anything. He just let me, it was beautiful, Joe. And he, he got, he got me through that. He got me through that. I do want to say, please, if you're pregnant or you're postpartum, don't just go out and eat anything. Like everybody is telling you, Oh, it's okay. You're pregnant. Eat that, eat this, eat, go dive into your cravings. One of the biggest things that can actually help prevent postpartum depression, because there's a connection between the gut and the brain and your mental health, the healthier you can eat, meaning like whole foods during your pregnancy. And after you will, you, you will eliminate the chances of getting postpartum depression anxiety. And that's one thing I wish I would have done.
1: Thank you for saying that. That's a. That's an yeah. important
0: one to remember.
1: Yes. Yeah, and everything like the the beauty in your husband creating this space, this you know, this container for you to feel what you felt, go through yeah. what you felt, which is how uh, in the femininity space we conceptualize the masculine. It's it it's, it it acts as a container for the feminine to. Feel to rage to feel the ecstasy the bliss all these things and it it is just I it's so beautiful I love that I love that and it's um one of the things that I love about men and my husband as well is that ability and that patience and we really need to you know let them know how much we appreciate that about them (laughs) They, they need to hear
0: that (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I think as we raise more awareness of what is going on with women in our bodies actually through our cycle because I was made fun of growing up. I heard a lot of teasing about oh you're on your p- she must be on her period. oh, are you on the rag? So it becomes this joke. and it's like, I'm sorry, men, but if you had to deal with just one day of what we go through, you may not make it out alive. So as men, also to like respect the emotions that your partner is going through. I mean, these are actual hormonal things, shifts, big ones. So remember how earlier I said 300 times the amount? When you give birth, those hormones drop. And they don't take their time. Mm. They just drop. And every single month, week three of our cycles, testosterone levels go from being here to to tanking. And we do feel a little unstable, a little negative. And as opposed to, you know, hiding from that, being ashamed of that. Like, let's own it as women. This is what's happening. And as partners, I love that you said that about the container. Like, Hold that space for us that we feel safe being able to be ourselves a hundred percent. Exactly. It is so cool. It is so cool. I love that you said that. It's like <laughs> it
1: is, it is really it changed my life as well, you know, understanding all these dynamics between the feminine and the masculine. What yeah. does a newlywed woman need to hear? What did you need to hear when you got married? If you were to give advice to, oh, to want you know, you some years back, whenever that was marriage
0: was so easy for me. It was like that decision was just I I knew I met my soulmate the day we hung out. I was like, that's my husband, and I didn't even want a husband. I never wanted to get married, didn't want kids. But I think everybody hears this, but listen communication and, and being overly honest with each other. Keep the line between you and your husband so clean. I'm talking like if somebody flirted with you, be like, somebody flirted with me today. If, if you like said a tiny little lie, don't lie. Don't lie at all. Because Those tiny little things that you think are so innocent, they start adding up between you and your partner and they make that line between you and him dirty. Then you start fighting and like, why are we fighting all the time? Because you guys aren't being 100% honest. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things is, Joe, don't be reasonable with your partner. Meaning. If they are doing something destructive, drinking too much, or not taking care of their health, don't be reasonable with that shit. Confront. And also be willing to handle your partner coming to you with some things they may feel you need to work on. Mm. Noah and I are very good at this, like, hey... I was jealous when I met him and he was like, that's not going to work. And I knew it wasn't going to work. Okay. So I have to fix that. Right. That ebb and flow of growing together is so important.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you for saying that. that I so important. So, so important. Yes. I want to know how do you specifically like encourage and support your man? What... What makes him light up that you contribute to as a woman, apart from the
0: obvious, which is sex? (laughs) Well, I had to work on that, too, because my hormones decided to like I had no testosterone in my body, no sex drive. So that's a work in progress, too, for me to to find that in within myself. Um, But... (sighs) I support him. I keep it very real with him. And he he does appreciate that. I tell him the things that I know he doesn't want to hear. And it pushes him and I love to watch that growth from him. Um and he's the best. Like sometimes I'm like, how do you still love me after all of this shit that I've gone through? Like how? You know, building this business. I we went from working together, we were a choreography team. Mm. And then COVID shut everything down. And I went on a completely different path. And he he supported that. And he loves watching me build what I'm building, which is that's priceless. That is. Yeah.
1: So so beautiful.
0: Yeah. I love that. And he's the best dad. He watches our son so I can work. Like he's, he's the best.
1: What has, what has your son taught you? Oh my God. Just one or two
0: lessons. Lessons. Oh. I, Joe, I was so selfish before my son. I was just selfish with everything, my life, my time, my freedom, my space. And I always say, like, he was born in that. All of that was taken away from me, like, real quick.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But he's turned me into, like, the ultimate gangster. And so the lesson of selflessness and growth, I would have never grown like this without him. And on top of that, he's teaching me patience, understanding, tolerance. Like you don't know those things until you have a kid.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and honest. Always. That's so cool. Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and this connection that we've had. Before you go, please let us know where we can find you and, again, what you have on offer. And I think you have a podcast as well, so tell us about that.
0: Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at glowupwithclode, C-L-A-U-D-E. And there I post my podcast episodes. Um, it's called The Claude Code. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Um, and it's mindset stuff, mindset conversations. Um And I have a course coming out, a hormone reset course coming out uh, end of March. Mm. And you can also find info on that on my Instagram.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Claude. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't take it for granted that you are here and, and sharing this time and wisdom with me.